It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, it's a welcome Wednesday, Steelers Nation, as we join together in the locker room. And of course, we would not be complete without our main man, Max. Max Starks is down in Phoenix. We got him. Max, how are you doing this morning, my friend? I'm doing fine, Wolf. Uh, the sun's out, so fun's out, so I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> well, everybody's happy today but for five guys that met the Turk on yesterday. You know, it was a 4 p.m. deadline, and uh, we have five guys that uh, got cut, which is never its never a fun time, Max. You know, this is always a time of year when you go through training camp and everything else, and you get down to the last couple cuts, and then – Something happens, and you just like go, oh man! And it's not—it's just not a fun time. No, no, because you realize for some you get to continue with your journey, and for some, you know, your journey your journey takes a takes a uh, takes a detour. I won't yes. say it ends the journey, but it makes it a lot tougher to find your path. And you know, for a lot of those guys, you hope that there's another opportunity that pops up, kind of like Adrian Ely. Um, had another opportunity. You know, you hope the same thing right. for some of the guys who were in camp with us. But it, it, it's never fun. I mean, especially when you've gotten used to a routine with this team. You got used to wearing that black and gold, right? You got used to feeling the mystique of what it is to be a Steeler. Um, but, you know, for those f- five five individuals, you know, I wish them all the best. And, I know, hey, who knows? You might You might have another tour of duty here. No doubt about it. You know, I look at it. Yeah, here's the thing about it. All right, we got five five guys. We got quarterback Chris Oladokun. You got outside linebacker Jannard Avery. You got wide receiver Christian Blake, running back Mateo Durant, and kicker Nick Skiba. First of all, they start off with Chris Oladokun. Um, I, we we just didn't see him at all. I mean, we didn't see anything happening in the preseason games. I remember, you know, being up at St. Vincent and hearing Mike yelling. Got to throw the ball. Get the ball out, Chris. You know, on one day and another day was, you know, hey, you got to be more accurate than that. Be, you know, throwing it to the ground. He, he just never seemed to really have uh, that opportunity to put it together. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the things. If you don't play, that's pretty much a sure sign. You're, sure sign you're not going right. to make the team. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's um, that is a that is a telling kind moment, of a, isn't it? Yeah, kind of a telling moment. Uh, and he, he, I mean, he didn't get in any competitive periods that I can remember, um, except for maybe there was a, I think a, a couple he had on seven on seven, a couple seven shots. I thought he had. You know, towards nah. the end, but it was just a rep or two. Yeah. I, I don't, you I know. About, I was about to say it might have been one rep. Yeah. Like, and this could be a manifestation yeah. of several concussions for me. You know, I mean, yeah, that's just, yeah. you know, people like, oh, ever sit there. Yep, everybody was throwing at me. I saw all eighty-five of them throwing the football at the same time. No, no, just joking. <laughs> Do you ever sit there and have conversations with people in your head that, well, they're not really there. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, listen. They're there for you. That's all that matters. They're there for you. Whatever you need. <laughs> the first time. No, but I mean, hey, hey, listen. Me, my wife and I, it's funny. My wife and I always catch each other as we're right. walking around the house. Right. Because we're always talking to ourselves. Because sure. sometimes you just got to talk it out loud. Sometimes you got to talk it out loud. And yourself has to hear you talking out loud so that they can understand you. Yes. Yes, exactly. here's here's the thing. What the first time I did a high school game of the week years and years ago for TV. You know how you get the IFBs, right? Uh, you oh, got yeah. the IFB in your head. So after after the first time, the producer uh, started talking in my ear while I was talking. I pulled it out, and then when we went to break, I said, "Please don't talk when I'm talking. I got enough voices in my head as it is." <laughs> That you know, is hilarious. It's, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah, it's just like there's yeah. a chorus going on up there, man. Well, well, and especially when you have, like, if you have your director and producer in your ear. Right. Uh, at, like, at the same time at, during, during like, a game broadcast. I get it. I understand it because it's, like, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen. I got to hear myself because I have to I have to agree with myself before I can agree with anything you guys say. <laughs> Excuse me, right? we're gonna have a moment here, all right? Before I get yeah, back exactly. to you, we'll we'll get yeah. back to you here in a moment. Uh, but you yeah. take a look at a guy like Chris Oladokun, and it yeah, it, it looks kind of obvious. You did not get in any of the games. Uh, you hardly participated in, or maybe not at all, in any of the high uh, you know the high powered uh, practice sessions out there that you needed to be able to step out and be able to do something in. So, yeah, I I, I see this one coming. Um, that's not surprising. The one that really surprised me was Jannard Avery. I was surprised that, uh, you know, he was let go this early, not didn't make it to the finals. Well, I, I think it was kind of something we talked about uh, yesterday. I think it was when you blow the assignment and you blow the contain, so obviously, and it leads to those bigger plays and drive sustainers. Right. That's when it's like, okay, you know, can, can we work with this or can we not work with this? But I also think that might be a testament to how how, how Hamilton Rashid is coming along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you're having problems not, saying that not, name, too. <laughs> I said Hamilton Rashid. What? Yeah, I, it was a little I, yeah. stumble in there when you got to the Yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was like, am I going to say Ham or Ham? <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh but no, I mean, I, I think I think that goes to show. And then, of course, you know, I think I think Derek Tuska is still sh- presenting himself as one of those guys who could still get the job done as well. So I think when you're looking at that four man rotation, it's like, well, Jannard Avery, we want we brought you in, you're a preferred guy, paid you this money, but right. we're not seeing the you know the reaping of the benefits. I I think, and so so yeah, so I mean, that was one that was surprising. But when I think back on the film. And you're thinking about we were talking about his mental errors and missed right. assignments. Yes, I think I think that might have been too much to overcome, and we don't know what else in practice film or attitude in that room and fit also went along with that. That's very true. You know, getting the proper chemistry and the right guys in the room, and having guys that adhere to <laughs> this is what your assignment says, and you're not T.J. Watt. You're not a guy that can get away with being green lighted to kind of go solo. You know, go rogue on a play. Yeah, that can be problematic. I I just expected that he would probably get to the the last round of cuts before 
um, you know, see, before anything like that happening. And it and that that's what surprised me. And when they pay him, a, they paid him a, a modest uh, signing bonus. He did start have twelve starts for the Eagles last year. You thought when I when I watched him, he was he had good good balance. He wasn't he was uh he was tough to get off his feet. Um, he's a strong guy, but yeah, he had a couple of breakdowns, lost leverage on the rush, created an opportunity for um, the Jacks quarterbacks to be able to roll out there and get first downs. One was Trevor Lawrence and the other was C.J. Beathard. So, uh, you know, the twice breaking down like that can be a problem. No, especially when you think about how tight that game is and the stress that was in that game at those moments, right, about how tight the, the game played out. Uh, you're like, maybe had you have done that, maybe we get the ball in better field position, maybe the offense can score sooner. You know, <laughs> it's it, right because we, we you, you never know what the criterion is of how they're looking at them or how close guys really are to each other. I mean, like you said, it, it was a surprise that he got cut this early, but there was still a high possibility that he might have gotten cut regardless. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, the, absolutely. These, you know, the, the thing about it is, you know, I, I used to hate it up at training camp. You could hear the knocks on the day when the. The cuts were being oh, made, yeah. and you hear them coming down the hallway. Oh, I used to hate that. You know, I, I remember for the last cuts my rookie year, I was talking to um, uh, one of the reporters, and, and the reporter was asking me, well, how do you feel this, this last, you know, uh, night before the final cuts or the final cuts up at St. Vincent College, actually? Uh, so it would have been this this round here. And uh, I said, oh, I go, I, I already got a plan, the uh, foolproof plan. And he says, what's that? I go, well, I'm, I'm going to go register, get in a hotel here under an assumed name. See, they'll never find me. But, you know, I'll be. <laughs> and he looked at me with wide eyed and he goes, but they'll find you. And I said, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> he got all like <laughs> uptight, you know, and I was like, going, hey, listen, I know. I mean, you we're trying panicked. to make light. Of, yeah, you're making light yeah. of a, a tough situation. Yeah. It's not easy. Hey, the team doesn't stop because they didn't find one person to cut. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That person's still cut. <laughs> At the end of the day, doesn't it, whether did. whether he gets told or not, <laughs> it's an inevitability. Yeah. You're, you're gonna you're gonna lose your locker room privileges there. You know, you're not going yeah. onto the field. Yeah, I, yeah, I would your, say your stuff your stuff is outside the door instead. <laughs> Whenever you so choose to come by and pick up said stuff. <laughs> You know, but, so, you know, go ahead. Go well, ahead I was gonna say, they, they got a little bit more streamlined during during my day, where they would they would catch them uh, in between morning lift and team meeting. Mm. So so I didn't know the first time one of my roommates got cut, um, Nathaniel DB. I didn't even know he got cut till I got back to the room after the mor- after the uh, after the morning meeting before practice. Mm. Now and I the remember room was cleared out. <laughs> right. Then you're like, okay, something happened here. Uh, I was like, here. oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I, I remember Tunch and the final, the final cut-down date when we were back at Three Rivers. And uh, he, he got called in to see Chuck, and uh, he said, Chuck said, we had to ask waivers on you. And Tunch said, well, I was thinking, well, that can't be bad. They had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, then it oh, dawned okay. on him what that meant. And he walked out. And he came over to me. I'll never forget. He says, well, in the immortal words of John Paul Sartre, avoir go fair. <laughs> and, oh, and I was like, what? No, no, no. Oh, but man. he was back. I laugh about it because, of course, what a great, tremendous career he had. 
uh, you know, turn into a Pro Bowl tackle and everything else, and Hall of Honor and 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 everything else. So uh, it all turned out good there. But certainly, I remember that look on his face, and we were—I was just—we were both so bummed out because we had been rumored out throughout training camp there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's—it's it's one of those things when you see good friends, um, you know, get cut. And for me, you know, I—I I, I was actually—I was the—I was the cursed roommate. Oh, you were. Uh, oh, was, you mean? Oh, you were. Nobody like the, wanted to room with me. Yeah, yeah you were like the. Um, what the pirates call that? The black spot or something? If you were given the the black spot, it was like a a card that that was like uh, yeah. you were cursed if you you were given the the playing card. Yeah. Exactly. If you were given the black playing card, black spot <laughs> playing card. So I I was that. So guy you were the roommate. My first year, it was Nathaniel Ladibi, uh, defensive end, okay. outside linebacker from Virginia Tech. Second year was Alonzo Jackson, <laughs> okay. outside backer from Florida State. There. Third year was Grayling Love, offensive guard from Arizona State, and then and then after that I had my own room. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to room with you, right? Oh yeah. And, well, and then the following year, Russell Stuvance was my suite mate. Oh, I remember Russell. And, and Russell got cut that year. No. So it was just, yeah, so then after that, they put, like, Larry Foote, Willie Parker, <laughs> guys who they knew were getting as my roommate because I had such bad luck with guys who were trying to make teams that, that did not become team, uh, teammates of mine. You know, here's the thing about it. Think about this, okay? You've got Hard Knocks that's playing on HBO, and uh, yep. and, and you got the Detroit Lions. And it's Detroit. Se- say what? Detroit. Detroit, okay. <laughs> so, so I, I wonder how they handle this. You get called in to see the coach. The coach has got you know a camera up there playing. I think that's terrible. Just terrible. I wouldn't. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. getting fired in front of, of the whole country? Yeah, yeah. That would that that would that would add insult to injury. What yeah. About, hey, what what what's the per- worst possible thing that could happen? Oh, I could just get fired in front of everybody and my family <laughs> see me get fired. That that is absolutely the worst thing ever. Oh. I'd rather I'd I'd rather go check into a hotel under an alias and have them find me. <laughs> Lisa shows they care. <laughs> I just I, I it mystifies me that they think this is good TV. I would I would I absolutely you know what if I if I was getting cut like that and open up the door and go see ya I got gotcha. you <laughs> yeah. Oh, coach, here's my playbook. Bye. <laughs> just slide, just slide it across the floor at him. Hey, it's been real. It's been real. No, no, no. You got my phone number. No, we can talk later. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest stories ever was was John Colbin his second year up at training camp at St. Vincent, and he thought he was getting cut. The Turk guy came around and said, Coach Noel wants to see you, and John started down the hallway. He had just moved into the starting lineup a couple weeks before, right? He thought he's doing yeah. great, and now he's getting called into Chuck Noel's room up at St. Vincent College in old Bonaventure Hall. So he starts out. Then he turns around and goes, ah, I forgot my playbook. And he goes and he picks up his playbook, and then he thinks, well, he didn't ask for it. And he just slams it against the brick walls, you know, that were in Bonaventure. Oh, yeah. Well, the, 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 the playbook explodes, and there's like 500 pages that are floating in the air all at once. It goes everywhere. But but John just turns around, he walks, and he heads over to Chuck Knoll's room, knocks on the door, Chuck says, come in. And then he starts to show him pictures of affiliated woodpeckers. 
And, you know, Chuck had been on some sort of trip or nature walk or something. He took these pictures, and he thought that John, being a, a, an Oklahoma cowboy, would be interested in it. And here John thinks he's getting cut, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what, 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 wait, what is the association with a woodpecker and, and the end of my career? That's what I want to know. Do they have short lives? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Chuck? Are you trying to tell me? This affiliated woodpecker <laughs> dies in two years? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> I, I, when John first told me this story, I was dying in laughter because when he, you know, Chuck looked at him and, and John was like just all anxious and fidgety. And, and Chuck says, what's the matter? He goes, and John goes, well, aren't you going to cut me? And Chuck goes, whatever gave you that idea? Well, hey, you know, you got the kid that's the Turk come and get me, you know, and you send me up to your room. Uh, that's kind of a high sign for maybe, you know, like getting cut, right? I mean, he he had to have known. I mean, there had to have been like an internal joke by Chuck. I mean, I'm just saying, like this at this time of year, when you're thinking about, yes, cuts, the head coach doesn't call you into his office unless it's to say "say la vie" at this point. Because if not, he could he could have said this on the field. Hey, at, you know, what, after practice, you want to come up to my office? I want to show you some pictures of of, of a woodpecker. <laughs> like he could have said that, right? He could have, yeah. He could have said, yeah. Instead of just sitting in his office, like you know what, John Cobb would like to see these pictures. Turk, go get me, John. <laughs> you know, you no, know, there's, there's no intercom system. It's like, it's like, no, you don't do that in the free time. You mention that out in public. So, you know, you know that you don't have a meltdown because I could imagine John Cole at, at, at that point in his career is a very buff individual. I don't want a buff, pissed off person in an in enclosed space with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. Before with John. Audubon <laughs> Society book. You know, <laughs> John, when John slammed that playbook against the wall and it exploded, he told me, he says, his last thought was somebody's going to spend a lot of time picking that up because I ain't going to do it. <laughs> when he came back to his room, he was all happy and everything until he saw his playbook all over the floor. <laughs> oh, I, I, hey, I am that guy that's going to spend a lot of time picking that up. <laughs> oh, that guy is me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy. He is I, and I am him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you got to have a little levity because that's, you know, the part of the business that really stinks is that part of getting getting cut. You know I mean? And for, yeah. like, a guy like uh, Chris Oladokun, who never even got to get into a game, that that's got to kill you. A guy like Jannard Avery, you know, I mean, he was a he started 12 games for the Eagles last year. But Nick Skiba, he's the NCAA's career record holder for field goal percentage, but he never really had a chance to unseat the the Wizard of Boz. Boz got an extension during camp. Yeah, yeah. you knew the writing was on the wall right before you <laughs> came in. Yeah, yeah, before you came in. It's like uh this dude just got an extension and I'm in camp just kicking as a as a reserve leg. Um, hey, let me just make sure I make all my kicks. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you know Cause, it's gonna be out, it's gonna be out there. Well, and, and and how many times do you see that that one team that goes through like four kickers in a year? You know, so there is opportunity for Nick Skiba, which I think is great. And I think there will be an opportunity for Jannard Avery as well, sure. because you look at guys getting injured, guys needing rotation. So there is going to be a need for him because he has NFL experience. It's just it's not with our team. That, that's the only difference for a lot of these guys. And Chris Oladokun, he's going to be another guy that they're going to look, hey, we can put him on a practice squad. 
and or possibly hey even the Steelers might put them on a practice squad spot we don't know yet you know you put them out there give them an opportunity that if there's a place to catch on for maybe you know for now or or if somebody else liked them and they want to try and keep it you give that kid the opportunity to go out there and get another one but hey once again we'll have another one next weekend and then we'll know hey we got we got to make this practice squad we got to round out this practice squad and guys will get taken that you thought you could keep and guys that you couldn't get will be available, but also maybe some of those same guys that have already been in your system that you feel comfortable with can learn your system and do what you ask them to do might might make their might make their way back to Pittsburgh. Last guy and we gotta go to break, but Mateo Durant, he dropped when Jalen Warren started popping like some some of Orville Orville Redenbacher's finest popcorn. I mean the oh, boom. Yes. You know, I love theater it. quality. Theater the quality. Butter. You gotta love that. All right, <laughs> yes. let's go to break. That's the opening segment right there. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, Steelers Nation Radio. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So I'm sitting in the studio and, and uh, Brian Lamartina comes in. We start discussing things and I and the, the, the question came up, Max. Well, what's your wife Tiffany feel about bunking down and rooming with you when everybody gets cut around you? Well, I mean, what's up with that? What 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 are we talking about? <laughs> so so we're just sitting there kind of we're we're reloading the whole first segment. And we're laughing and, and then, you know yeah. we're thinking, man, you imagine having that many like guys cut that you're like rooming with, you know? And then all of a sudden going, I wonder what his wife thinks about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my, well, listen. At this point in my life, my wife is excited that I'm home. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's true. That's good. Hey. But let's go back way long in the past, <laughs> and yeah, it's one of those things where you you kind of walk around like on eggshells, you know, because you know as a player, you know, I'm I'm distraught, I'm disheveled, you know, I've been I've been cut four times in my career, mm-hmm. and so I know how that feeling is, and you know, and my wife, and it's what do you say to your spouse at this moment? When it's something that's been a lifelong dream, right? And right. and how do you convey your feelings? How do you empathize with them? Because you you and it really is more sympathize because you can't empathize with them in that position. Because you know, for a lot of people, you've never gone through this where you get to the peak or the pinnacle of your career, and something that you've loved that you've been doing since you've been a kid, and then to find out that you've been released that that the that the that the tape has either been paused or just taken out completely like it's been cut short of what you thought it was and for a lot of guys their careers will end unexpectedly for right. i would say 99% of guys who come to the league <laughs> your career does not end when you want it to or when you say it's done like the fairy tale <clears throat> career ending the Jerome Bettises of the world, right? That that doesn't happen for the Ben Roethlisbergers of the world. That doesn't happen for every Ben Roethlisberger. There is twenty to thirty Max Starkses, or Craig Wolfleys, or Craig Wolfleys. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
or any number of other guys. Like, you don't get – that's the one thing. We talk about the NFL, and we always make that funny joke about NFL stands for not for long. Right. Well, there's exceptions to those rules, right? You see the Tom Brady's of the world that make their own rules, the Drew Breeses who make their announcements ahead of time going into the last season. But everybody else, no. You kind of you go away into obscurity, so to speak, um, for a lot of intents and purposes. And – as a spouse, as a family, there, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to deal with um, when guys come to that realization. And then also, guys don't come to that realization immediately after you are. You think you're going to get picked up again. You think you're going to continue your career, and then it never happens. So you, it, it takes about a year or two um, of soul searching. And that's why I always preach to guys, you know, especially out here um, that I come into contact with, uh, that are part of the former players association is that, Hey, there's help for you. There's someone to talk to, to help you through this transition. There are services available to you that we can assist with. And also for me, come talk to me, a guy mm -hmm. who's been through it. I understand what it means to have been in your shoes. Right. And that's why I all, you know, that's why I'm always like, why aren't more former players around their teams? Um, to be those transition trans, transitory individuals or have the resources readily available. I think the Steelers are working on that, um, you know, with some different programs, you know, I talked with Kevin Colbert about it. So I think that there is a, a real necessity because mental health is now something that is um, more, more, I would say acceptable to talk about um, than in years past, right? Where you just, I'm a man, I can, I can bottle, bottle, bottle. Well, you, you know, when you bottle too much, it explodes. So we want to make sure that we're unloading that bottle, so that you don't get to your to that pressure cap or right at the, right at the fill line, and and you're bubbling over. And that that's another thing that, we, that you know we don't talk about enough. I'm glad that you brought it up, Wolf, for us to talk about it right now because I think that that is a huge piece of it. Everybody thinks that because you're this athlete that you can just turn it on and off and you can compartmentalize. But when it comes to something as special as this, that you know, and it's a unique circumstance that not a lot of people understand. It, it, it's tough and, and guys find other ways of, of taking out that, that, that stress or that depression and not necessarily in, in the best way. You know, there are guys who do take it better than others, but for the vast majority, it's a transition and, and we all need help and, and we can't be too big or too strong to ask for help when we need it because you have to be able to heal the inner before you can project the outer. Well said. That was pretty well said, Thank bud. You. you know, I mean, look, we're, it's like you, you, you started this off by saying we're not all afforded a graceful exit from the NFL. Okay. Normally, that, that's the way it is. That, that's it really for probably 90% of us, you know, is you're out before you really want to be or, you know, it, it, it just doesn't end like it doesn't end like a Jerome Bettis. You know, that's it. Or an injury that won't allow you to play anymore. That's, that's true. the other thing, too. So, yeah, it, it, it's never graceful. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just not a graceful thing. You know, what I mean, my last year in Minnesota, I knew it was my last year because it was it took me like 15 minutes of running before I started running without a limp. You know, what I mean, yeah. you know, you, you get dead in the pain. You know, you get. You know, it takes so long to to warm up. I knew I knew going out, thinking to myself, "This is it." And I think a large part of it is is in, back in the day, training camps were harder, and it was like, um, I don't know that I can get through camp again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Because I think that's the biggest thing. When 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 it becomes a chore to prepare, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's not like, oh man, I can't wait to go work out. Oh man, I can't wait to go get better at this. Will you stop doing that? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's like, like yeah. It's like, yeah, I might need to go pull out the classifieds. Uh this is <laughs> this is yeah, this quite this left knee hitch, I, I feel it a lot more than I used to. You know, I used to be able to throw a sleeve on and just forget about it. Now it's like, ooh, okay, Ooh, let's go ahead. Let's get a cu- <laughs> couple knee extensions. Let's wiggle the toes. Let's roll the ankle. Let's see how we're going today. <laughs> yes. You know, you know when I knew yeah. I was really done? You know what I mean? Done, oh, done. Yeah. You know, it's like you go through the whole process. I remember still to this day. I I sent in my letter of, of uh, you know re, uh, of retirement resignation yeah the resignation yeah. <laughs> I got resignated uh, I was over yeah. on the north side and I, I like had this letter I had to send one to the NFL Players Association one of the Steelers and then to one other the PA Council or I can't remember what but so I got these three letters and I hand them to the postmaster there you know or the the, the lady working there yeah. and or the guy and uh, what proceeded next was like a tug of war <laughs> I was like. Yeah, I, you know, I'm pulling it back, then giving it to him, and he's looking at me like, uh, "Do you really want to do this?" And I'm like, "Yes, take it, take it. I, I can't retire myself. Just take it from me. I need one last struggle, <laughs> one last struggle." Come on, you got a helmet back there. Let's do one more one on one. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> well, well, then here's here's like later that year, I, I was like doing something. I had a, a go speak somewhere. And this kid, little guy, comes up to me and he taps me in the leg. He goes, "Who did you used to be?" And that's when I knew I was no oh. longer a football player. It was, "Who did you used to be?" And I thought, that, "What a, out of the mouths of babes? What a great comment!" I know, and, and boy, what 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 a way to reset everything. No matter where you're at in the fog and in the haze of this process, yes. What what a way to get just get a swift kick in the pants, right? <laughs> Just to reset you. <laughs> yeah, I. The wonderful thing is I can laugh about it now. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, now at now, that moment, yeah. yeah, it's like all these training camp stories, football stories, and you got buddies that say, "Man, that was so funny," and you're like, oh, "No, it's funny now." <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. twenty years ago or forty years ago, whatever it was, yeah, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> Well, no, it's like, it's like, it's like, do you understand how much uh, therapy it took to get to this point where I can laugh? Just want to let you know. Just want to let you know. Thousands, you gotta, thousands you, and thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours. <laughs> you you got to be able to laugh at it. I mean, you know, because at some point in time, otherwise it, you just start crying. I mean, what are you going to do, right? So you exactly. got the cut down date today. We've got Chris Oladokun. We've, he got released outside linebacker Jannard Avery. Wide receiver Christian Blake. We didn't even he, – he was one of those guys that kind of filled a role when the wide receivers were kind of – Tapping out with some injuries yeah. and so forth. Anthony Miller, I think, was the guy who got injured. In yes, 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 yeah. yes. And then, of course, Mateo Durant and kicker Nick Skiba. So those five guys go down. I think they're down to 80, and uh, the final cuts will be coming up after uh, the Detroit game. But certainly, you know, it's it's a tough time. Um, but one of the things that, that comes out of this is you, you see some of the guys that have had an opportunity to really expand – uh, what they started off doing. You know, one of the guys that really kind of took advantage of that is is TV, Tyler Vaughns. And this guy, it's going to be interesting what goes on with him because when you're making plays like this in preseason, Max, 
it really says something about your value, though I know he's playing with a lot of what Mike would term non-varsity guys. Yeah, but he but but he's doing the most with the reps that are given. He's playing. Hey, as as also Mike Tomlin said, he's playing at a varsity level against junior varsity talent. Good. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> right. That'll work. Yeah, but I mean, you you're playing with the opportunities you're given, and I think that's the most important thing for him is continually give us a reason to make our decision tough. Yes. Give us a reason to make our decisions tough. At, demand more reps <coughs> by your actions. That's what I think is a resounding um, kind of battle cry during during training camp. If if you're so good, show me that you're good. This is obviously what I think of you. I put you with this group. Excel. Excel if you're better than that. Show me that you're better than that. And he's been doing that. He really has. I mean, to think that you could go and, you know, that nice little out pattern, he shakes loose from the man coverage, goes up the sidelines, launches for the, the end zone, and lands in the end zone. Then he comes back the next week, and in the last 10 minutes of the game, he's been relatively quiet. And all of a sudden, you got boom, boom, boom. He catches four for 56, puts the Steelers down there in striking distance. And, of course, Tyler Snead gets to get the game winner in there. But, you know, Again, he was significant, and what he's doing, I, I have not noticed him on the special teams, and that's one of the things I think that, that goes against him. Yeah, that, that's going to be one of the things. Because now at this point, when you're getting from 80 to 53, and then you're also thinking about how your practice squad fills out, what are you making a difference when the ball's not in your hands? And that's what special teams is for, right? Um, right. For guys who are skilled positions. What are you doing when you're not doing the primary thing What's your other thing that you can offer, right? Like we know with Steven Sims, right? He's a, he's a punt returner. Yes, the guy's at a huge punt return. Um, he 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 has he has offensive flexibility. Um, so you look at that and you say, okay, well that that that's a good thing. You also look at Mark Robinson, right? Miles Boykin, like what are you doing that makes you stand out from the rest of the competition in a lot of those in a lot of those respects? Hell, even Robert Spillane. Yes, right. <laughs> You're going to be for the starting job. You still go make a play on special teams. Absolutely. Like, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, I can still do this. Even though I'm competing for this, I can still do this. Those are, now, those are the differentiators. And I wonder how that's going to be for Tyler Vaughn's this week. What impact can he make on the special teams? If it's a coverage unit, if it's a return unit, right? Maybe there's a hands team opportunity. I don't know. Where are you going to stick out in the special teams? Because that – when you're that deep on the on the depth chart and you're competing for fifth and sixth spot on a roster at a position group, that's that 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 that's what makes you invaluable, right? The more you can do, absolutely, um, ma- makes it harder for us to get rid of you. Well, this is one guy that's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do with him because I, he's obviously got talent. And I mean, you think about it, they went four or five pass plays, they went to him, so he's beating the pants off yeah. of somebody. Right, I mean, you're out yeah. there, you're out, you're making plays, and you know after the, I would think after the first two, you're like, if I'm guarding him, okay, they're probably coming after me, right? That's, I mean, it's no big, you know. After the first couple completions, you got to know that on this two minute drive, okay, they, they've highlighted this guy Tyler Vaughn's, and if I happen to be covering him, well, guess what? My fanny's in the fire right now. Yeah, or if I'm in the zone, I've got I've got to keep one eye. St- staring squarely on him, so in case he sits in the middle of the zone or the dead spot of the zone, right? I need I need to react really quickly. And Tyler Vaughn's just he's made himself, you know, a guy who's 
essentially uncoverable in those situations by, by the way that he played. I mean, listen, if we ran two-minute drill, not saying we need to go run up-tempo offense, I mean, this offense operates at a high efficiency rate, but also Tyler Vons is very well attuned to the two-minute drill and the situational awareness. Indeed. All right, that's it. Uh, right now, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, Steelers Nation Radio. More coming up. Black and gold football lives here. What a play! 24-7. You're listening to SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So, Max, I got to ask you, would you ever ride... With a self-driving car. You know, one of those cars that is, uh, you know, you ride in the back seat and there's nobody in the front seat. Would you ever ride one of those things? A self-driving car? Yeah. Only if it's late at night and I'm tired (laughs) and there's nobody on the highway. (laughs) I mean, mean, and and here's my thing. You know, like, like, because so so the truck my wife has, it has that little like autopilot feature, but you have to like you have to touch the steering wheel like every three seconds or something to show that you're still awake and engaged with the road. I'm like, well, what's the point of autopilot if I still got to touch and I got to engage? That's Our right. Whole to, it's to disengage. But I don't know if I could do that like in rush hour traffic or something. I don't know if I, I could trust. No, it. I can't do it. No, I ain't doing it. If it, is there if, a road rage function? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what auto honk for me? <laughs> What if what if you honk somebody off and you get into a road rage situation like you just yeah. said? <laughs> Excuse me, pull just, over, pull over. No, yeah. And, and the autopilot's like just going the same speed, like as the guy tries to go around you, it's like speeding up, and you're just staring at him with both hands up, like I don't know, I don't. It's the car. It's not me. I didn't do it this time. Talk to the it's driver. Not me. <laughs> yeah, you got to talk to the driver. Yell into the electric charging port. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where the voice box is. <laughs> well, if there's no human, I ain't moving. Okay, I mean that's just the way it yeah, is. If there's yeah, somebody exactly. not sitting behind that wheel who knows how to drive, I am not gonna be in or that car. Or how about this? You have road rage. You pull around to the car and you don't see anybody in the driver's seat. <laughs> Oh, would right? that be funny? <laughs> you mean, oh my God, it's a ghost. I knew he was coming back for me. <laughs> well, the reason I asked this was, you know, it's kind of like Dan Campbell from the Detroit Lions. He came up with this idea of sending his guys out on the field without any assistant coaches. He wanted the players to take ownership over the practice without the coaches. Now, Campbell said he observed, but none of the coaches were out there, and the players – and I'm sitting there thinking, well, I, I know what happens there. Okay, we got no stretch. We uh, sit around, suntan a little bit, and then take it in, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. This is like the inmates running the asylum. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. That coaches are there to coach, right? Yeah, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. But it is a new day in uh, the NFL, Wolf. As yeah, as that's we, true. As we so 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 ardently have seen. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that it does not surprise me. It's like, hey, you know what? Handle it. You guys are professionals. You guys have made it here. <laughs> what else do I need to do? I only need to see you on game day. 
Go ahead, guys. No. <laughs> no. No. It doesn't make no, sense. No, not never. What was your record last year, Dan Campbell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just I know. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, how would how is this going to play out on Hard Knocks? Right? What? <laughs> These guys are oh, out there gosh. running around and they're all by themselves while Dan Campbell yeah. sits from, uh, you know, I don't know, somewhere observing from a perch, his, his, yeah. his perch, ha- yeah. ha- having a cafe, a cafe au lait on, on the balcony somewhere. I don't, I, you know, yeah, it's just those are one of those things where you just you're like, I see why your team's never been successful. <laughs> you, you, you got to biting, wonder. You, you, hey, you went from biting kneecaps uh, to uh, to self-led. Uh, practices. This, this is this is ne- this never ends well. But well, this is fun to watch. Well, fun to watch. Here's the thing, Max. Back in '87, we had a, we had a, a strike. Okay, so we were yeah. out, and um, Mr. Rooney conveniently left the key to the practice field with his secretary. And as he told Tunch, he said, uh, "You can get the key from my sec- secretary. Just you didn't hear that from me." <laughs> So we, because he wanted to keep everybody together together during the the strike time, and so we had the practice field that used to be by the old Kaufman's warehouse, uh, underneath the underpass, uh, you know where it's you know right around where the stadium is now. So anyhow, yeah. the thing about it is we, we go over there and we're, we're literally running self governed practices, and it just doesn't work. You know, I mean, you're like, all you end up doing is, is doing a little bit of running and stuff like that. The quarterbacks throw the ball a little bit. Defensive guys sit around and they talk, we talk, and we had a box of donuts and then you move on. You know what I mean? it's it, That's the way it is. That's why you need coaches. Coaches, they, they put the, the whip out there, right? I mean, that's that's just yeah. the nature of the beast. You 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 have to have that individual who, who is driving and – can see it outside of the helmet, right? I mean, that, that's that's the coach's job, right? They're, they're there for the overview to make sure that the schematics are looking correct and to correct as necessary. A coach, I mean, it's literally what a coach is, right? A co- they're coaching you through how to succeed. So when you go a coachless practice, a coach is technically derelict in his duty. Right. Yes. Technically, you have yes. what? Hey, you have one job. <laughs> Teach these guys what to do when I call it. Like that. That. That's that. That's literally your job description. Like, ah, you know what? Today, <laughs> let's see what happens. You know, because some of you guys are going to get cut. Let's just see how your coaching is. We're going to start you off on your second career early. Right. He will give it to you at, 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 the, at this speed, at the highest level, so you can go back and coach Pop Warner in high school. And possibly college if you're good enough. Uh, we're gonna give we're gonna give you an exercise, guys. Don't worry about it. Think about this. We got we're gonna break in a minute here, but you know, remember the the former Lions head coach that got all honked off and and rode off on his Harley. You know, and it was all yes. staged. And now you got yeah. Dan Campbell. What is it about the Lions that makes exactly. coaches kind of like lose their mind? What? You wonder why they're not successful. These <laughs> well, one's riding hiring, on a Harley. The other one doesn't yeah. want coaches to show up. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, no. Take the day off, guys. I think we got it. I think this is the year. <laughs> I don't know. Get out of here. All I can say yeah. is it, it, it doesn't look good, you know, to why, say. Why can't they play in the AFC North? Why do they have to be in the NFC North? Because that's a guaranteed <laughs> All right, we got to go to break. That's the first hour in the can. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, Steelers Nation.